Chiefs are ready to face off against the Philadelphia Eagles, but are they better this year than the last time they met this team, or are they not? Are you buying or selling today on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's Red Friday. The Chiefs are going to play on Monday night football, and we're all looking forward to it. The question is, is this team better or worse than the last time they played this team? We're brought to you today by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way for you to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use our code, all lowercase, LockedOnNFL, to get your first deposit matched up to $100. We're going to go through... Not only the defense, the offense, and, and the general practice of where this team is at, but we have a couple of additions, and we want to know, are you with us? Are you buying? Are you selling? What are you at right now? I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, as well as my websites, NFL33.com and RGRfootball.com. I've been covering this team going on 15 years. My partner, Chris Clark, runs Cheats Corner over on Substack. Make sure you go check that out as well. And he's been with me for now eight years pushing here on podcasting man we never get a break from it we're here on the lockdown podcast network your team every day for free on every platform everywhere including youtube where you can like and sub right now and all the audio platforms spotify apple etc etc if it's free you can get it every day just like our everydayers thank you guys for being with us this is what it comes down to it's it's halfway through the next season after you're you're facing the opponent you just beat for a championship are you better off now than you were then and as a team, I'm going to say no. It's interesting. Uh, I'm probably going to take the uh, other side of that. I think they are better as a team. Uh, Scheme-wise and, and execution-wise, I think there's easily an argument to be made there. Really quick before we get too far into this, I do want to tell people I've been writing about the, num- the possible number one seed uh, in the playoffs on Chiefs Corner this week. Uh, breaking down each division, who could be somebody that Kansas City needs to worry about when it comes to the number one seed. Go check that out on Chiefs Corner. When you start looking at this specifically, this specific question of whether or not they're better, I think you got to look at the different position groups. Uh, I think Mahomes is better last this year than he was last year. He's not injured going into this game. I think that's a huge thing that is going to play into their advantage. Uh, but then you got to break it down to the rest of the position groups. And I think that you can make a case that at least – when looking at the players, they're better this year than they were last year. Yeah, In some cases, they are. We're going to break down the defense later in the show. The offense will be in the next segment. But grand scale, right now, where they are, there's a couple of things that stand out to me. And, Brian, I appreciate your, your comment there. I do want to be positive. And there's a couple of position groups I'm going to be positive about. There's also some aspects that we got to be real about because there's a couple of things going on that I see as negatives compared to where they were last season when they played this team. Now, that was a team that had already made it to the Super Bowl. So they'd worked through some of these things. Decision-making is one of them, particularly for the head coach and the quarterback of this team. I don't feel Patrick Mahomes is making decisions as well as he did last season, and I don't feel that Andy Reid is holding his feet to the fire as much as he did last season. Those two guys in particular coming off of this bye, getting together, I think is the thing right now that I have to see some incremental change. Not, it doesn't have to be a drastic turnaround. Just getting back to where they were in order for me to, to buy this particular aspect. And I can't say that I would argue too much on that. I think that Andy Reid hasn't done the best play calling job that he has done uh, in, in past seasons. Uh, and definitely probably not as good as he did in the Super Bowl at times last year. But the other issue that you're running into here, and here's the big question, 
if you go back and watch the Super Bowl game, Kansas City's offense did not look like Kansas City's offense in the Super Bowl in the first half. Then you come back in the second half and they made adjustments. And in a way, it's kind of fitting that they're coming back and facing this Eagles team after having a week off to make adjustments. Uh, and I do think that that's going to play into this. Uh, I still think that it's, Mahomes is better than he was last year. Maybe his uh, execution hasn't been on, on par as it has been last year. But at the same time, you're talking about somebody that played, what, 19 games before the Super Bowl? This year he's played nine games. Uh, adjusting to new tackles, I think, is a big part of why this looks a little bit different than other things. And the offensive line, uh, when you look at the scheme and how they're handling stunts, I think is a big question mark. Uh, but there's other things in here that I think that they are better at. Uh, and, and people are going to say that, you know, that a big question is, are they better at offensive coordinator? I think that that's a valid question. And you have to ask, is, is Nagy as good as uh, Eric Bieniemy was? Uh, I mean, they were both in the room last year. One was coordinator, one was not, but they still had both. They still both were, you know, playing into this offense. So there's lots of questions here. Yeah. And I think you bring it to an interesting aspect. As good as the the player position groups we're going to talk about coming up here in the next couple of segments are important about how they're utilized and how they're directed because coaches steer them in certain ways every single season. And we'll talk about some of those that, have made some changes from last season. But the offensive coordinator is certainly a position that has definitely changed. and It's changed the whole vibe for this offensive side of the ball. And I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. The question is, is it really the driving factor between the frustrations in the offense or not? And how much do you think that it can change going forward from this point until the postseason? It's a great question. And there's – you know, when we start looking at positional groups, we start talking about players. It's not just do they have better players. It's have players gotten better or have they regressed? Because I do think that there's some of that that could play into this as well. And that's a fair point. I think the combination on the offensive side is a little bit different than it is on the defensive side. We've seen really the culmination of what we talked about and what the defensive staff has in everything that we've seen this defensive front go through this entire season to this point. What does that do for them? That's coming up later. And right after this, we're going to get to the point where we talk about the specifics of the offense and where it goes from here. Are you buying that it's going to get better? Or are you selling that something's got to be changed? But we have stuff to talk about and the easiest way for you to get in the action. That's going to be over at our friends, Prize Picks, the easiest. And funnest way, most fun, I guess I should say, way to play daily fantasy sports on the largest platform in North America. It's the, the most exciting DFS out there. You don't play against uh, thousands of other contestants, uh, pros or otherwise. You get to play against the numbers. It's a simple concept. You pick more or less against a line for each player. Two to, to six players become an entry, and that entry can win up to 25 times your entry fee right now, this football season, tonight, as we speak, right now. And it doesn't matter whether you think Patrick Mahomes is going to go for 300 yards or you think Isaiah Pacheco is really going to break that 75-yard barrier on the ground. You can pick both of those. And all you have to do is take a look at that line and whether they say that's 78 yards, you pick if that's less or that's more, and that's how you get into your entry. Once you get that entered... You can get in on all the action on all the games, not just the Chiefs, but you can test your skills. You can win some money. You can play simple and play safe. You can get all those picks done in 60 seconds or less, and it makes life super easy on their 
app that is the number one daily daily fantasy sports app out there, and that's over at Prize Picks. So make sure that you get in on the action right now. Go to PrizePicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our code locked on NFL. That will get you a first deposit match up to $100, and that's the easiest way to get it done. That's at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our code locked on NFL. At Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Offense first, because this is always an offensive team. So the, the question becomes. Like we talked about Nagy and Coach Reed and how he interacts with Patrick Mahomes, I'm guessing there's about 0.0% uh, of the Chiefs Kingdom population that's going to sell on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he is what he is, the best player in this league. We're just going to forego him, right? But what about the running back position? Where are you on that group? It's been a little bit more of a, of a one-horse town here in Kansas City this year. And what we usually see is a committee. Are you comfortable with that? Do you think that that can continue? And can it be successful going into the postseason? I'm buying on the running back group. And the main reason I'm buying on the running back group is, yes, it's been a one-trick pony, so to speak, when running the ball. But I think it actually plays into Kansas City's favor. Uh, they're trying to save Jarrett McKinnon for the, I think, for the playoff run. I think they're trying to save him for the second half of the season in the playoff run. Uh, he has dealt with injuries over his career, and I think that that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, you know, you look at what they're doing with, you know, a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire when they sprinkle him in at times. Uh, they could be giving those snaps to Jarek, but they're not. And I think part of that is just because they want to keep Jarek McKinnon as fresh as they can for the back half of the season and the playoffs. And I think that's a great idea on their part. And the bigger thing that really plays into this being a one-trick pony when it comes to the running game is Pacheco has really stepped up in the passing game. And I'm not just talking catching the ball. I'm also talking pass blocking. He hasn't been perfect, but he has been much better than he was last year. And that is how you play into the entire offense. It's how you stay on the field. And it's how you help that pass game that clearly runs through Travis Kelsey, but Travis has not been necessarily able to pull his, his position mates up and along. So on the tight end group, I still want to see more from Noah Gray. I got to see more from Blake Bell. It has not been uh, the greatest season for him in particular. I don't know if Matt Bushman is going to be able to get on the field this year or not. I do have faith that there's still upside there. But overall, I'm to the point now where I feel like after this season, they have to look hard at getting a true backup that is not only – uh, not an H, which I really do believe Noah Gray truly is, but a guy that can actually wide up, line up wide like Travis does and emulate some of the things that he does. More of the Jody Fortson type that we always talk about. But right now, I'm selling on the rest of this tight end group outside of Travis Kelsey. I think it's fair. So you, are you looking at them trying to get Brock Bowers? Is that what you're looking at for next year? You know, there's only so many picks to be straight away, and it's going to take all of them. So I kind of doubt it at this point. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, I do agree with you. I think that it's, when you look at the rest of the tight end group, it has been underwhelming compared to where it was last year. And I do think that that's a bigger problem uh, that they need to get addressed. They need to figure that out because it doesn't – they didn't have great production last year. They had Jody Fortson for some of it, and that helped. But he was out most of the season last year, and now you're in a situation where – it's basically just Noah Gray and Travis Kelsey. And Travis Kelsey, to be fair, hasn't been the Travis Kelsey of old either. So I would say that you probably sell him on the tight end group overall. Not sell him on Kelsey, but just sell him on the fact that he's not been where he was last year. Uh, I think injury slowed him down early in the season. Uh, but the past couple of games, he's kind of been shut down by defensive schemes as well. 
Yeah, and that's fair. And when you shut him down, it affects everybody else who's trying to catch the passes. And we've talked ad nauseum about the wide receiver group. I still feel like despite how many guys there are and what we've seen them, or probably better put, what we haven't seen from the wide receiver group this this year, in spite of all that, I am still buying them. I still see the upside. I still see the ability for them to get loose, to come together as a, a true core of targets for Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's anything that needs to be done right now. I think attrition will take care of the offseason. I don't think they have to go out and manufacture a true number one or you know sell the farm to move up in the draft or anything like that. I'm buying this particular group. I'm buying it too, but I'm a little bit different than you are. I do think that maybe looking at a number one in, in free agency is something that they need to consider uh, or maybe trying to find somebody in the draft that could be their number one wide receiver. But I do think that this wide receiver group is actually better than it was in the Super Bowl. It hasn't played that way. But I do think that you look at the players. Uh, I think Rasheed Rice actually adds more to the offense than Juju Smith-Schuster most of the time. His his ability to catch the ball, his ability to attack the ball, I'm not saying it's every single down. Uh, and Mahomes obviously doesn't trust him like he trusted Juju. But I do think Rasheed Rice has better upside than Juju did. Uh, and I think that could actually help Kansas City going into the playoffs uh, it may take a couple more games for him to get there. But I agree with you. I think I'm buying on this wide receiver core. And uh, primetime starts the chant, free KT, free KT. Yes, please. Uh, you can hear that everywhere. Uh, and that brings us to the biggest position group on this side of the ball. And the one that has been um, maybe not as maligned as last year, but certainly got a lot of attention early and it's kind of faded off. This is going to be a test for the offensive tackles in particular, but the offensive line is a group is something that you can rely on. Patrick's holding the ball longer than he ever has. Is that necessarily working? Eh, you can argue about that. Still replied to the end of those pass plays that take three seconds to mature and get to the point where he can actually deliver the ball. So that puts more stress on the offensive line. I do feel that in the offseason, they're going to have to make a move at left tackle. I don't think that's avoidable. So as a whole, the offensive line, I am buying this group as the one position that I need think needs to be replaced in the offseason, I'm selling on a left tackle. I can't disagree with you at all on either of those points. I think that left tackle, they may have a small downgrade uh, with, you know, with Donovan Smith this year, but they're paying him what? $11 million less than Orlando Brown is getting paid. So it, it doesn't even out. Like you're not paying for the premium tackle at that position right now. And I do think that they're going to have to make a move at left tackle, but I think they're better. They're absolutely better at right tackle. Uh, Jawan Taylor seems to have settled in. Uh, I still think that they need to work on their stunts and they're in picking up stunts and twists better. And I think if they can get that figured out, which I do think they'll get figured out over the next eight games. Uh, I think this offensive line is a lot better than they were last year. Yeah, I, I agree. In the end, they have to come together, and, and the the sum of their parts has to be bigger than what it's been to this point. I do feel like everything kind of improves as they go down the stretch. They've done a decent job of getting guys back and getting them healthy. One guy that returned today, Keandre Cobert, is back on the practice squad. They didn't have to put in a claim, which is what they expected the first time. We'll talk about the defense and he, his defensive line mates coming up next. I want to tell you about our friends over at DoorDash. If you're looking for a great place to go eat, go check out DoorDash. Go look at a place like Joe's Kansas City. It's going to be great barbecue for a Monday night. This is going to be a fantastic time to go get some barbecue, get it ready for this Chiefs-Eagles game, which is going to be a fantastic game. Uh, all you have to do is go to 
the go to your app store and download the DoorDash app. And once you do that, you can go get DoorDash for 50% off uh, up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. And again, just go to your door, your app store, download DoorDash, get up to 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms do apply. Don't wait till the two-minute warning to go get food. Obviously, that's going to be pretty late on Monday night. Go get it. Maybe go get it right as they're getting ready to do the Monday night kickoff at around 7 uh, Arrowhead time. Go get yourself some food at DoorDash. And again, one more time, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter lock, code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Now, folks, we are going to have our normal pregame routine for you for our Monday show. You'll actually be able to see that Sunday night, but that's okay. We're going to get you ready with our predictions, our matchups to watch, and what the keys to the game are. So don't miss that, as we are here every single day for you, you everydayers. We appreciate you. We want you to know that that Thank is the way welcome. you get out there once you get subscribed. So that said, we will have Monday Night Live. It'll be a delayed show. We will be live post-game as we usually are from the games, and hopefully we'll be calling some names of some guys that are stepping up. Uh, I don't know that Counter Coburn's going to get a chance to get out there on the field, but I'm glad that he's back in Kansas City. Um, I do think this was more of a stunt by Sean Payton than it was anything else. The Chiefs certainly were frustrated that he got away from them and uh, yet chose not to make the claim to the 53 for him this time, but it worked out. He's back. Uh, pretty thankful to be back there as well. And the reason that I think they can get away with that is because the defensive line group in general, has been playing very well. This is what we talked about at the top of the show. Not only does Matt Nagy have an influence on the offense, but Joe Cullen in particular, I think, is an overwhelming influence on this defense and how well it's been playing. And that goes to the youth and the, the complete change that we've seen outside of Chris Jones getting after the quarterback just with the front four. Yes, they're, they're throwing some linebacker blitzes. They're sending the safeties like they always do. But I think this front four in rotation is – to the influence that Joe Collin has had, and I am buying this defensive front group. Definitely buying the defensive front group. I think that they're playing phenomenal. I think that uh, they're going to have their hands full on Monday night, and it's going to play a huge key into how this game plays out. Uh, the Eagles look like they're getting Cam Jurgens back as, uh, I believe, their right guard, and that's going to be a benefit to them, obviously, and I think that that's going to help them. But, you know, if you have this defense and you have Steve Spagnuolo calling the plays, Obviously, Colin has his hands in the defensive line, but with the way Spags has been using this defensive line, getting a lot of one-on-ones for everybody on the defensive line, not just you know the ends or somebody else. They're spreading them out to where they can get one-on-ones. That's going to help, but the big question going into that is how is it going to affect the running game because that's going to be something they're going to have to stop against Philadelphia. Uh, but I agree with you. I think I'm buying this defensive line. Uh, and I would agree also, I don't think Coburn plays, but I am wondering if they make another move and maybe bring up Pinnell for this game. They sign him to the practice squad as somebody that they trust, and they know they're going to have to figure out having a lot of beef in the middle of the field, and Pinnell would bring that. The other one would be, do they bring up Coburn just for this game, for the tush push in those yeah, scenarios? I mean <laughs> You hope to keep him out of a situation where the touch push is going to be a factor, right? I mean, that's always the well, right. We've talked about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the bigger difference to me in getting there is how you come off the edge 
contain Jalen while pressuring him. And I think it's it's still the regular season, so we, we have to take what happens in the postseason out of it. But if you compare this season to last, my question is going to be to you very specifically, Frank Clark was here last year. Charles Amenehu who's made an impact in his short number of games with this ball club. Do you buy or sell that they're better off now than they were a year ago? Absolutely. I say that unequivocally, and it's because – Clark is more name than it is anything than he was anything else until he got to the playoffs. And even in the playoffs last year, he wasn't great. And Minikue has has shown that he can affect this defense. Uh, and it's not just a Minikue. I think Dana's playing better, which also helps. Uh, Karloftis is much better than he was last year. Uh, and he's getting a ton of pressure, and I think that that really helps. So if you're going one for one, I think a Minikue is better than what Clark was this time last year. Uh, but if you're looking at just the defensive line in general, Minnehue's a, a big upgrade, but Karloftis is an upgrade over where he was. Dana is an upgrade over where he was. Uh, so I definitely think that they, they're doing better at that position. And speaking of upgrades, I, I think no position really illustrates that better than the linebacker level because Willie Gay's playing better. Leo Chanel's playing better. Drew Tranquil is certainly better than the, the fourth linebacker last season. And let's be real, everyone practiced today, quote unquote, but Nick Bolton is not out there, not listed because of his designation. To be able to play this ball game without your leader, your leading tackler from last season and have another 100 tackle linebacker step in and be able to play that role, this from one to four is certainly better than it was. From one to six, I actually feel more optimistic about that than I have in a couple of seasons at the linebacker level. I'm buying this position group as well. I think you have to. And if you want to make the argument that they're maybe not as good as they were, I, I think you'd be struggling to make the argument they're not as good as they were in the Super Bowl because of Nick, missing Nick Bolton. Uh, I, I could see people making that argument trying to say, well, they don't have Nick Bolton. So, you know, you're one through five right now is not near as good as it was last year. I kind of disagree, mainly because Chanel is playing so much better. Gay is playing so much better. And you don't see a huge downturn with Tranquil uh, at linebacker. And some would even argue that you see an uptick with Tranquil. And I think it really depends on, are you playing pass? Are you playing run? Not that Tranquil can't play the run, but he's not Nick Bolton and he doesn't have the weight and the ability to, to do what Bolton does in the running game. Yeah. And that's fair. And to be honest, folks, um, if you didn't quite realize it, we talked about it in another episode a couple of days ago. And remember we are here five days a week for you. Everydayers, we appreciate you, and you should all be coming every day or by getting subscribed on some platform or another, maybe here on YouTube. What we talked about is the fact that Drew Tranquil is your leading tackler on this roster right now. And as, as good as that is in the past situations, et cetera, you can talk about the run, but the fact is a guy that you signed off the street is now your leading tackler just six months removed from a Super Bowl. So let, let's take that with the pound of salt that it is and realize that that is a lucky position to be in. Whether Nick Bolton is with you or not, if if he had just replaced him, you're still doing pretty well comparably to last season's group, say one through five. Now with Tranquil and Bolton in the six, it's night and day better. And I think it allows yep. the attrition that they need to have through this season. Nope. And that brings I us to agree. The Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, that brings us to the secondary. Uh, and and the, the question for me, the only thing that hinges on it is the combination – of Brian Cook as the, the third safety last year with Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed as the starters, better or worse, 
then Cook as the starter next to Reed and Mike Edwards now the third safety. And you could even throw an asterisk in there for Tamari Connor when he comes in because he's getting some decent playing time as well. I think it's close, but right now, given the state of the Chiefs and what they're able to accomplish, I'm buying this secondary as an upgraded safety position. Well, if you're talking to safety, I'm not. Uh, I, it may be close. Uh, I do think that it's, you're looking at if just the safety group. Uh, I think Cook played well last year when he came in as the third safety. But Mike Edwards, I think, is on on another level than Cook was last year. And then the question becomes, you know, I think Reed is playing better, so I do think that that also helps. But then the mm-hmm. question becomes, is Cook better than worth than it was? I don't think he's quite there. I'm not saying he's not playing good. I think he's playing well, but I don't think he's quite where Thornhill was. And to ask him to be after one year where he didn't start, I think is asking a little much. So I'm still happy with him. I still think that they're playing better. And then you take in the fourth safety in that group, and you're talking Chamari Connor, who is making different plays in different positions than they're willing to put Edwards in and that they used Cook in last year. I think you got to feel like this group is better I don't know that I would say it's a ton better, but it's you know probably at least a little bit better, if not more than just a little bit better. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be tested on, on teams that can go three and four wideouts consistently. We'll talk about that later in the season as we get to some other teams. This one in particular, you don't have to worry about that, in my opinion. Uh, you get past the two, and I think you're pretty solid. So I think it will definitely hold up for now. But I agree, as the second round a whole, I think it's very close. But I'd give the thumbs up to this group as well. So the question becomes, what can all these positions do going forward? I don't think it's close, actually. I, I think that the corners are much better than they were last year. McDuffie is playing on a completely different level. Uh, Sneed was playing well last year, but he's playing just as well this year, if not a little bit better. And then you start looking at you know where Watson and Williams were. They were still inconsistent. They're still inconsistent a little bit this year. But when you look yeah. at the two starting corners, I think both of them are playing better than they were, and I don't think it's really close because McDuffie is playing that much better than he was last year. Uh, he missed a lot of the season now. Obviously, we're talking Super Bowl, but I still think that they're playing that much better. Well, and I want to throw something. As a trio, and Watson and Williams have taken enough of a step back that I think it nearly counteracts what McDuffie's done going forward. So that's that's why I call it close, but fair enough. That's fair. I want to throw one out to you that you probably weren't going to discuss. Special teams. Is yeah. it better or worse? What? Um, yeah. All those guys that do the things in between the, the plays. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, to Dave Tobe's chagrin, I, I'm, I'm selling this unit. Um, the coverage might be solid. I, they're still searching for somebody to return it. There's still questionable decision-making and, and I'm not going to lay that at the feet of Dave Tobe, but I'm, I'm sure he's involved. So I still got to see something. And I don't know if the answer is, is more of McColl or if it's just, let Washington go. Like I, I'm still searching until I know I ha- I have to say I'm, I'm thumbs down selling on this unit. I don't think that's unreasonable. I would say I'm probably buying on Townsend and I'm definitely buying on Bucker. I think Bucker is worlds better than he was last year, obviously coming off the injury. Uh, he's been kicking phenomenal this year. Uh, I agree with you. The coverage units, there's been questions, the return units, there's been questions. So definitely makes sense to be selling uh, overall. But I think that the the punter and the kicker are doing a lot better than they were last year, um, and that could come into be a big thing this in this game on Monday night. Yeah, possessions are going to be key. Uh, third down in particular, getting it in uh, a long enough yardage is going to be key. 
Those are more things that we're going to tell you about on the Monday show. Uh, we'll have that up for you a little bit early on Sunday night, so make sure you check that out. That will be preparation for the Monday night football game with the Philadelphia Eagles. We hope that you will join us. We hope that you're subbed on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple, on all the audio platforms. You can download it 10 times if you like. We're not going to argue. We hope that you enjoyed this one and that you're ready for your weekend. There's some college games to watch, and there's some quarterbacks and guys that need to make some uh, noise out there. You can get more information on that on NFL33.com, and make sure you're checking out Chiefs Corner as well for all of the stuff that you need getting ready for this primetime matchup against the Eagles. Hit the text line if you would like to get more information. It's over at 816-357-8781. We're looking forward to it, and we appreciate your time. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. We'll be back with you Sunday evening. Get ready for those Eagles. Have a good one. We'll talk to you then.